to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. The, uh, the Nationals decided to uh, do some stuff before the end of the uh, trade deadline season. They did do a little. Yeah. Ah! Took me like a quarter second to get that. I, and there's our there's that. the title of our episode. Yeah, look look at us. Look at us just coming up with that. Yeah. Uh, Rizzo and Nats uh, did a little. They did. Um, yeah, what a week. What a <laughs> Ding! So, so uh, you know, the, the thing that we always knew that was going to have to happen with the Nats was a bullpen move. And um, that happened uh, just after the All-Star break with uh, the trade of um, Blake Trinan and minor leaguers to the A's for, um, for Sean Doolittle and Ron top Atkins. two reliever. Yeah, they're top, which is crazy to me in some ways, but in other ways you get it. They're, they were both owed a lot of money for, a, in the case of Doolittle, for quite a long time. Yeah, through, what, 2020, I think I through believe. 2020. And they're the athletics. Yeah. They don't have any money, and so Blake Trinan is cheap and controllable. And, you know, I, I thought about this deal when it happened. I want to talk about the Blake Trinan going to the the A's real quick. Um, first, I mean, you you have to hope that a change of scenery thing is going to help. Um, well, I mean, he's five appearances in. He's only given up four, uh, I want to say, one hit and struck out four and walked no one well, that's in the, five innings. That's the other benefit of Oakland. It's huge. It is just a massive stadium where it's hard to hit home runs and foul territory goes on for seven miles. So you'd have to just hope that that he could get into a different place where that's a little bit more pitcher-friendly and it would help his numbers, and it seems to be that way so far. Yeah, I haven't seen any of his appearances. Yeah, um, I haven't either. But it's a good spot for him to be. Uh, takes the pressure off. Yeah, less, uh, a less lot. high leverage, right? I mean, it's you're not talking about a team competing to win a division. No, not even a little bit. Yeah, and the savings for the the A's are definitely there, and it's a very similar situation uh, that the Nats saw last year uh, with Felipe Rivero. Right. Uh, headed to Pittsburgh. I mean, he was good with a lot of potential, but there was also a bit too much not good thrown in there. Right. Uh, and so far at the end of last season and into this season, Rivero has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, should have been an all-star for the Pirates, but wasn't. Um, and then so far for Blake Trinan, it's gone pretty well. Right. So you got to hope that you know, this is one of those trades where both sides can come out with something valuable, right. a good quality, even trade. And and most people look at the at the trade and go, oh, well, you know, the Rizzo fleeced another one. But no, the A's got exactly what they wanted. They got a young, controllable reliever with potential and got a bunch of money off the books. I mean, and some prospects and, and some prospects, which is exactly what Oakland does, you know, every couple of years. So, um they, it was a pretty even trade, I think, all things considered, for what both teams are looking to were looking to achieve uh, at this time of year. So, um, <clears throat> and we sure got uh, some pretty nice relievers in DC from it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, some great people. Exactly. And quality relievers. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we start with the the great people and reliever and <laughs> Sean Doolittle. Um, yeah. Because I've been a fan of his um, and his fiance's. Uh, is it Aaron or I want to say it's Aaron. I, I feel like it's got to be pronounced Aaron. Uh, I, I've, th- I've never there's there's a, a podcast I listen to and I, it's uh, effectively wild if anyone has listened to it and their new co-host I guess not probably new anymore uh, but Jeff Sullivan he works at home he lives at home he telecommutes and writes on the internet for fan graphs. Right. Uh, he often has no clue how to pronounce things. <laughs> That's funny. Because he doesn't have to ever, except for now he's on a podcast. Right. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh, I don't just have to write that. I have to say that. 
So for names specifically, he has a lot of trouble saying names properly because you just type it. Right. Or you see it on Twitter and that's it. Right. So uh, I, I want to say it's Aaron. I, I feel like it has to be. I'm going with it. It's got to be. Somebody, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, oh, they will. <laughs> so oh, I, I know they will. It's the Internet. Um, yeah. But Sean and Aaron are great people to have coming to D.C. Uh, they were huge proponents of uh, Oakland's Night Out um, out there. Uh, and I think that been, was last year. Was actually. it last year? Yeah. I think it was last year's where uh, a lot of angry people who didn't believe in uh, equal rights for every person uh, wanted to give up their tickets, uh, wanted to sell their tickets. And Sean Doolittle and I believe then girlfriend, Aaron. Now fiance, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Now fiance, uh, said, hey cool, we're going to buy them. And yep. they donated them all to uh, LGBTQ charities. Yeah, which is awesome. And they donated all the, yeah, they donated all the tickets out, and uh, which is exactly what you, those are the kind of people that you want. You want people who are standing up for a cause and not to mention uh, good at baseball. Yes, very, um, very good at baseball. Uh, it looks like uh, Doolittle has slid right into the closers role. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, right off the bat. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I know Rizzo had mentioned, and Dusty Baker had said, we're kind of not going to have these defined roles for these two players, but so far that seemed like what's happened. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you know, that's one of the things that they say, but, you know, to me, it always it was always going to be do. I, I was pretty sure it was going to be Doolittle, at least to have the chance to keep the role. Um when you're, when you're a lefty and you could throw 96 miles an hour and you've got a personality that you know that people in your city are going to like, I feel like you just get that chance. And, um, is, and, and he's under contract for the next four baseball seasons. Yeah, that's, that's the Rizzo special right there. Right. You, he does not like to trade for rentals. Right. He the, had to with uh, Melanson in in 16. He didn't have a choice. But. And honestly, that's probably the only one I can really remember that's like an impact player that was traded for at the deadline. Right. Yeah, I, Mike I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah, he is under contract through 2020, uh, pretty affordably, might I add, for yeah. a high leverage relief pitcher. Uh, and then Ryan Madsen, the other Who's piece still, of deal. Who, even though he's got four years left on the deal, like you would be concerned about that. He's still only 30. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty decent situation. And that's part of the issue that people were concerned about with Melanson was he was 34 entering the contract year and that he wanted a four-year deal. The Nats now have a closer for that four-year deal for cheaper who is four years younger. It's so a, much cheaper. It's a huge, huge improvement over what they would have gotten. Hugely cheaper. Huge. Uh, uh, and yeah, uh, Ryan Madsen's the other piece of the deal. Uh, another great quality reliever, and once again in Rizzo fashion, he is signed through next season as well. Right. So the Nationals got two relievers for a couple prospects and an, an, uh, another under-control reliever. But... Yeah, which is amazing to me that they were able to do both of that, right? I mean, it's amazing to me that they were able to get both guys who are back end of the bullpen guys. Ryan Matson has a sub two earned run average this season. I mean, he's been insane and a sub two five FIP. Um, you know, he's uh, on the older side, but he's more than getting the job done and hasn't really shown any slippage in his career in relief. So, um, it's pretty great to see. Uh, he's just been a consistently good reliever at the major league level. And to have him for the next year and a half and then to have Madsen for three and a half years is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a true Rizzo deal. Valuable assets, filled the club's need, and uh, longer terms. Yep. So it was, it was great. Uh, I do not believe the Nationals are going to be done for reasons uh, we're going to get into. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, because there's just like so much going on. <laughs> Ding. So, to me, I think I don't think I'm as confident that there that there's another move coming. I don't I don't know that I'm that as confident. I think this was. Do I think that they're they've given up? I do not. I just 
at, at a certain point, the Nationals farm is non-existent. There's yes. like three guys down there. Well, and I think that Rizzo is that. not going to like that. Well, here's the thing with that. There was uh, the Nationals got two relievers, two back of the bullpen relievers for one middling at the time arm that had shuttled up and down between Syracuse and DC all season and the last season, just based on ineffectiveness. And then two bottom 10 or bottom of the top 10 prospects. I mean, they were decent prospects, but they weren't outstanding prospects. Like one of them ceiling, like best of the best ceiling is to be an everyday player. Right. Like right. that's the, that, that, that's the kind of players we're talking about. And then I think the other one was a potential, potential ceiling fourth starter. Right. So, and to get major league arms with a grand total of five years of control from major league veteran quality relievers. That's fantastic. Oh, it's an incredibly good deal. And so, I mean, I get what you're saying. You're basically saying like, we got those guys for not a whole lot. What can we get for, for more? If, if you want to put Fetty out there, if you want to put someone else out there. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and this kind of goes into the off season plan, the nationals, uh, I, didn't think we were probably going to bring this up, but the Nationals just got a pretty big court ruling uh, right. from the Court of Appeals where the Orioles are now going to have to pay the Nationals a lot more money than they had been. Right. So yeah. that's going to play into this offseason. And, so. and, and, and could play into the kind of money they're willing to take on in a, in a trade. You know, if they're, they might be willing to eat a little bit more, more money on a contract than they normally would be able to. Right. So I'm saying there's still pieces there uh, that could be packaged to get a top player, and you'd still have some high end to your system. So with the Madsen and Doolittle deals, though, do you where do you think that puts the bullpen now? It's obviously significantly better. I mean, I don't think we're, we're revealing anything there, but what... What do you do? You think that the bullpen is still where there's a significant need, or do you think that there are other places where there's a significant need? Or you know, how much better do those guys make the bullpen, and is it good enough? Uh, I think there's always a significant bullpen need. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, uh, instead of going after a starter, which I know people have discussed, um, I think bullpen is definitely where it is. Bullpen's going to be cheaper as well. Yeah. Uh, and will play an enormous impact in October, much more so than a fourth or fifth starter will for the rest of the season. Well, they always do, right? I mean, you, yeah, you need three starters in the in the postseason. A fourth one is a nice to have. You don't need five, and so you know. Do you want the already good reliever to try to get you through a year where you're hoping your team is going to do a big thing, or do you want to get a starter who you're going to have for a little while and aren't going to use as a starter probably in the in the postseason? So right, and I think we have a question on this about Edwin Jackson whether he's the guy for the rest of the yeah, year in that spot, uh, and I guess we can touch on that just a little bit yeah. right now. You're looking at ten starts for a starter from here on out. Yeah, right. So. Edwin Jackson can absolutely be that guy for 10 starts, but trading uh, an incredibly valuable asset uh, to be maybe a fourth or fifth starter for 10 starts for 10 games, that's all they would impact for the rest of the season. And then you will not be able to tell Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Gio Gonzalez that they're not going to be the top three, the three guys starting in October. Exactly right. Exactly. You, you will have to pry the ball from their cold, dead fingers. Right. Because uh, Gio Gonzalez has absolutely deserved it. Oh, he he has, and, and he's going to – and he pitched well, you know, the, in 2012 in the postseason as well. So, I mean, he's he has the ability to do that. And I, I think looking at it, I think your point is totally valid that you, you don't have a huge starting pitching need. Those top three guys are going to get you as far as you need to, assuming all three are healthy, which of is course. an assumption which we're going to get into shortly. Always, always, um, always. But 
I, I think, and if not, then you probably do have a need, but who, you know, I'm, and I'm not taking the, the one start or two starts that Edwin Jackson's had and say, oh, well, that's, that's the reason that there's a big, you know, he's going to be great and everything, but who are you going to get in a trade in a fourth or fifth spot that's going to be good, better enough than Edwin Jackson to do that job? I don't without giving up a ton. Without giving up too much for a fourth starter. The Nationals have an enormous lead in the division. Right. They can put Edwin Jackson out there for nine more starts and be okay. Right. The offense has been more than good enough over the last three months. As long as, as, long as the other three guys are doing what they're doing, you're, you're totally right. You're so, totally right. You could trade for a starter. But what are they going to be doing come October? And in a five-game series, you could have a reliever pitch every single game right. because of days off. Exactly. So that's going to have much more of an impact, uh, not just down the stretch, but once you get to October. So I think if uh, there was to be another move, it would definitely should be a bullpen move. Uh, and I know – that I want to say John Heyman tweeted earlier that the Nationals are one of three teams that are hot for A.J. Ramos. Ah, interesting. That would be a, quite, a, quite a boon to the back end. Yeah. Um, A.J. Ramos with the – is he still with the Marlins? I believe so, yes. Yeah, and so. the Marlins are in fire sale mode, I believe. Yeah, I mean, of course they are. They're selling the team too. So They're selling the team too, so – yeah, that would be that would be quite a guy to have quite an opportunity to have uh AJ Ramos and uh the other two guys um Doolittle and Madsen closing out the back of the bullpen. Yeah. So I hope that answered your question a little bit. Yeah, it totally did. I'm just I'm just watching as Wilson Ramos just took a bat to the head. Oh boy. Yeah. Bat, the bat shattered and he just went down and they're looking like for blood on him. So that's probably not good. Um, he, I mean, that was a direct shot. So we're going to move on from that. Hopefully he's okay. Um, yeah. Great move. Really excited about uh, having bullpen members that you don't feel are going to blow it every time. Yeah, that's been the biggest thing for me. Watching... Uh, Doolittle pitch. I haven't seen Madsen yet because of the schedule, but watching Doolittle pitch, he, even when he lets a guy on, which he has, I believe, in every outing, he just looks so in control and in command. Oh man, Ramos is bleeding good. Uh, he looks so in control and in command that I, I feel like, oh yeah, he's gonna get out of this. When he he's a lefty, he could throw ninety six, and his location is good. He misses occasionally, but he's confident enough in his location that I don't ever worry about it. That and yeah, and we which we is strange had, considering he's walked the leadoff guy in all three of his appearances. Well, exactly, but you just look at the way he pitches and you go, no, he's fine. He just he's he doesn't let it get away from him. And I just you know I sit watching that and go, have we ever had a guy like that? Like, yeah. like, I guess the closest that we had was the end of 16 with Melanson, but it certainly... He wasn't, wasn't throwing hard. gasoline. Well, exactly. He wasn't throwing hard. He was just getting by on, you know, on hashtag grit. You've seen but, it once with Jordan Zimmerman in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's totally true. And he wasn't even closing, but that was it. No. I mean, but as far as, like, a closing guy, you certainly never saw it from Soriano. You certainly never saw it from Papelbon. You never saw it really from Drew Storen besides in, fit, in fits and starts. Um, but you, you never – we haven't seen that certainly in quite a long time. So um, it's really nice to, have, to see a guy where you could be confident in what he's doing, especially – a lefty who can throw some fire as well. Great deal. Really excited about it. I don't think the Nets are done. Yeah. I, I, if I'm putting money, I'm saying they're done except for a couple of minor things. But who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, so, th- which leads us to, we kind of alluded to, you know, the, the three guys who you know are going to be in the postseason should the Nationals get there, which we assume they're going to at this point, knock on wood. Um, I'm not, you know what? I'm not even knocking on wood. It's, they're going to go to the postseason. 
But yeah. um, Joe Ross, unfortunately, is not going to be part of that. And it was always unlikely that he was going to based on the season that he was having, unless you were going to just throw him in the bullpen. But um, Which Joe- is what many people clamored for for a while. <coughs> yep. yep. Yeah, I know. <coughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't, it obviously wouldn't have made a difference. There was some other sort of structural jam, damage there jo, with, uh, Joe Ross, who's had Tommy John surgery. Um, you kind of just knew something like that was coming. You just yeah, knew the massive dips in velocity, the, the and, up and, and down the, nature of, you know, his season. It was a, it was dips in velocity early on, but just the velocity would drop so dramatically just after a couple of innings, every start. Just every start, he seemed to lose something, and it, obviously it was a it was a a sign of something. But when I was watching that post game press conference, and Dusty said, "Yeah, he went in for the MRI after the game." It's like, oh, he, this is not good because pitchers never go for MRIs immediately afterwards, ever, unless something is wrong. You know, like they usually they try to avoid giving an MRI if they can, but the fact that he Left and then one right for the MRI is always a bad sign, and it you know didn't take long before the Tommy John surgery was announced. No, and it was everyone pretty much knew what was happening as soon as it happened, and it's, it stinks because Joe Ross has been very good for the Nationals. Obviously, this year has been kind of rocky for him, but in the past, he was a big part of that deal. Solid, yeah, he, he was a big part of that deal, that Sousa deal. I mean, that that fleecing of that deal, really. But yeah, but he. The thing to remember about Ross is, you know, he's he's been up since 2015, and so we've gotten kind of used to seeing him and what he can do. He's only 24. So even if he does miss all of this season, the rest of this season, and all of the rest of next season for all intents and purposes, which he will, I mean, he'll, he might do what Strasburg did in 11 and come back for like a couple of starts in September. But yeah. um, he's basically going to miss that. He's going to come back at the beginning – in, he's only going to be in his age 26 season. So, you know, there's still a lot of time for a guy like that. Man, that'll be nice for him to come back into the world champion Washington Nationals. Right? Yeah. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. Um, and he's going to enter a rotation that you know that Strasburg and Scherzer are still going to be part of because they're under, under contract for a long time. So um, it's certainly a positive for the Nats to have him there. And the fact that he's so young, you hope that he's going to recover pretty quickly, but it, it is a bummer for sure. I mean, there's no way around it. It, it. it sucks for him and it sucks for, for starting pitching depth of which the nationals do not have much. Um, at least at much that's anywhere near major league ready. Yeah. It's very sad to, to lose him for an extended period of time, but the nationals uh, had already signed Edwin Jackson, who was released after one start with the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, they had already signed him to a minor league deal, and he was just there waiting. Uh, it's not really a surprise that he was the first one up. He's obviously got experience with the Nationals. He was on that first playoff team in 2012 uh, and had a pretty good year on his uh, one-year deal or – yeah, had a pretty good year on that uh, for that one year. Yeah, his regular season DC. was great. He he was not good in the postseason, but his re- his regular season was very good. So it's it's nice to see him back. And uh, as you mentioned, his one start that he's had so far was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, he was he was amazing. I mean, he was he was very good. very good. Um, so you, you it, hope- it, it'll be nice to have just a veteran just slide right in there. No big deal. You don't have to worry about calling up a prospect, calling up a pitcher who's not ready at this point. That's why Edwin Jackson was signed. What you need from guys like Edwin Jackson now and what you're going to need for guys who are starting is you're, you need to give – you need two things. You need to give the bullpen a rest a little bit yep. on, on the guys like Edwin Jackson starts. And when guys like Strasburg and Scherzer start, you need to be able to have the bullpen have a little, little, little bit of leeway so those guys can finish after six. So they can get their arms back and ready because for a long time the bullpen was so bad they were going way deeper into games than they should be because mm-hmm. there was no confidence in the bullpen at all. So there, you have to get a balancing act going there a little bit. Yeah, and to make matters worse, uh, Joe Ross hasn't been the only pitcher to go down with a random injury slash leave a game early. No, he's, he's one of three Yes, <laughs> since our last um, show. Yeah, hoy vey. Yeah. 
Uh, which one do you want to go first? You go. Uh, let's just go with uh, Strauss. Yeah, okay. Um, so that was scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't watching the game. When you, when you sent me the message that he was gone in the second or after two, I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And then, and then it's like the, the old, Dusty does the old, oh, he can't get loose. And then Chelsea James tweets out like that late that night, like, it was forearm stiffness. And it's like, <clears throat> don't say that. You don't can't say that. Don't, don't, we, we, we can't use that word. Yeah, so apparently he's been suffering from forearm stiffness and just been unable to get loose uh, for the last two games. But it is late July. He's not ever done well in hot weather. Yep. So maybe a little rest will help. He did go to the All-Star game, so he didn't get a break there. Yep. Uh, It's that... Um, you know, it's you a little always, dead arm. You, you always talk about the dead arm period, and we're we're in peak dead arm period right now. That late July and through mid to late August is like that month of like when you see the really good pitchers that sometimes just like aren't quite doing. It. Even in his own way, Max Scherzer is going through it, right? Like he he had still, trouble finding his own for a little while. He's still oh insanely God. good. Let's be very clear. But like. From what he was doing before, he went to the All-Star game and just obviously emptied the tanks in one inning and came back and just, for two games, basically, had trouble finding the zone. Now he was still good because he's Max Scherzer. But he, it was just a little bit different than the product that we see. It's, it's, it's normal. It happens. It does. Um, it does. And he said several times he knows his body. He knows when it's bad and that he would have pitched through it had it been a you know, more important time. But it was totally precautionary that he was taken out um, due to the fact the Nationals are all of the games up uh, right. on second place. It's a game against the Diamondbacks, not a divisional opponent. And that's okay. That's fine. That happens. Right. And when you look at um, when you look at Strasburg being able to kind of, I don't take himself out or at least share that there was a problem in some way in order to come out of the game. It just speaks to the confidence in how he is perceived with the team. And it's the kind of thing that you wish that Coda Glover had, you know, felt before. And the nationals have proven that that's where that's how they view pitchers, right? They've proven that if, if you say, Hey, something's not right, they're going to treat that pitcher right. It's part of a huge part of the reason why Strasburg signed that, unexpectedly signed that huge extension last year. Yeah. Um, because he was taken care of. And Strasburg's basically saying, hey, I'm still being taken care of. This is out of an abundance of caution. And you just hope that that's true. And I, I think with the way that, you know, news about Steven Strasburg has existed since 2010, I think it's likely that it's true. You know, otherwise something else would have come out because it always seems to with him. Yes. So that was scary because, of course, he came out after the second inning. Right. And the Nationals do not do in-game updates on health. Right. So I believe I tweeted at one point, I just don't care. Just end the game. Right. I Because need I want to know. know what happened. Right. And, of course, it was like a super long game, too. So, you know, like it ended up getting to like seven, eight, seven forty-five, and you just still didn't have the answer about what was going on. So, uh, glad to know that he is hopefully going to be all right. But on the other end, we have, uh, Eni Romero also coming out of the same game after going, I think it was one and a third, one and two thirds innings. Yeah, I think it was one and two thirds. Um, and you know, he's been trying to do some long work for Dusty and he, he had been pitching pretty well in a game. He where is they pitching very well. Um, but he came out, was it, was it back? Spasms? Back spasms. Um, so there's, there's some hope there that it's just pitching in Arizona when it's pitching in Arizona. Degrees. And the thing is, if you look at the video tape, he gave up a fly ball out to his first batter and Masson showed video of him wincing. Oh, okay. After his first batter. So it's just one of those things that he's like, ah, I might be, no, I'm not all right. And then eventually, you know, it, you know, you tweak something and it's not feeling great. And he came out and once again, the Nationals had a pitcher on the same day. Leave early. Oh, you say. But when you're throwing 97 miles an hour, you're, you know, you can only do that for so long before something goes, no, I'm done. Yeah, you know? it was pretty much best case scenario for both pitchers. 
Uh, yep. Nothing serious as of now. You just, you just hope one. that they can get enough rest. Yeah. That's all. So, day off today helps on Monday. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, I guess we got to talk a little bit about the, the big call-up being Andrew Stevenson. Um, with even more injuries because Chris Heisey went down and then uh, who had to leave because of a, a, a family member passing? I forget. Ryan Rayburn. Rayburn, yes. Thank you. Um, so they, they were in need of two guys. So they brought up Severino. So the Nets carrying three catchers at the moment. Which um, was helpful when Jose Lobatone looked got to also be hurt in the same game. Yeah. Did you see the play? I did, yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. Like he cramped up going to reach, like, to get set, yep. and he still could focus and catch the pitch. That was super impressive. That, I mean, he always, the, the thing always was that Lobatone's defense was good, even though he couldn't hit. His, and it was pretty impressive. Like, you could see, yeah, you could see his left knee kind of, like, giving down to the ground because of the cramp, and he still got the pitch. Yeah. It's pretty, that's some focus. Yes. Um, but Andrew Stevenson gets called up a, 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 not a top prospect. What do we call him? I don't know what where Andrew Stevenson qualifies in prospect land. He's he's top ten guy. Is he a top ten guy? Yeah, I thought that he was just outside top ten. He not anymore. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. He just made the majors, so his stock went up. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that's moved up a few levels recently, right? I mean, he was wasn't he at, at Potomac just last season? Ah, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so uh, he's you moving. Know, he, he moved quickly. He got his debut. He's one of those guys that moved quick. Was he drafted? In, in 16 or made it he was drafted in 2015 he was the 10th player from that draft class to make the majors got it okay got it yeah and he was made the second net from 2015 what's that the second net from the 2015 draft to make the majors who was the first coda oh wow i forgot that he was a 15 draft pick yep um and, and he was super late round though yeah coda was so, yeah, Andrew Stevenson came up. He's fast. He's really quick. He's got some wheels on him. So, you know, you hope that you can get some defense out of, out of him, too. Um, you know, you don't need all of your prospects to hit a ton. You just need you need a good balance of stuff. So, you, and maybe he does hit a ton. He certainly was hitting well in the minors. But um, And I will definitely point everyone in the direction of uh, our good friend Ryan Sullivan, Natch GM. Uh, go to NatchGM.com. He posted his Andrew Stevenson scouting report. On Monday. Oh, nice. That's a, so, I haven't read that yet. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. So definitely go there. Uh, everyone knows by now. Ryan knows what he's talking about. So that's uh, helpful. Yes, he, he most certainly does. That's uh, helpful and very timely. Indeed. Uh, also, uh, another call-up. Uh, um, Victor Robles got called up to, Syrac- or to uh, Harrisburg. Uh, yeah. The day after I left Harrisburg. <laughs> yes, of <laughs> course. It. Well, he had to stay in Potomac so he could get hit. They could do with a the Robles lunchbox night. Oh, <laughs> there was a lunchbox night. Yeah, That's it was hilarious. last night. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, hey, you know, good for him for getting called up. He's he's also starting to make that that push to move up. So you know, again, I don't think we see him this year earlier than September, but maybe next I don't. Year. I don't know if we're gonna see him. I don't think Rizzo is that guy to, to bring see him, him in september right i hope and we, i hope we don't personally with all the yeah with all the injuries yeah and uh several members looking to come back that'll just push yeah you're, you're gonna the, need rehab time for some of those guys well you're gonna need rehab time but you're gonna the people that are in the majors now the andrew stevensons maybe even the ryan rayburns uh might not be in dc yeah uh, at the end of August. Right, good point. Because of the players coming back good and them needing space on the 25-man. Yep, valid point. Uh, but you know so, they'll end up back up in September. So, But Robles has marched his way through the minors quickly as well, and he's become a top 10 in baseball prospect. Right. Without question. And if he has a good month in uh, Harrisburg for August – then he's going to start at double A next year, and he probably will just do the skip triple A route. Yeah. Uh, and then you could see him in D.C. late May, early June next yeah. year, depending. Uh, I, I think it seems likely that you that we see him at some point 
in, in yeah. 2018, right? I and, think it's going to be the first half of 2018. Yeah, I think it's pretty likely. But if he if he hits the way he has through his entire minor league career, you're going to be seeing him sooner rather than later. Hopefully not September. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not not that soon. Yeah, agreed. Uh, any other any other uh, notes or or uh, alibis on on today? Anything any other trade deadline stuff before we start hitting questions? Um, let's see. Let's see. Did we hit on? Did we miss anything big? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I think we nailed it. The Nats have been playing well. Th- that's true. We didn't even get into the fact that they're still a really good baseball team. Yeah, the Nats have been playing really well. They're really good on the road. Yeah, they've been playing incredibly well on the road, which is awesome to see. Um, because you're, you gotta, you got to travel a lot to do, uh, do, do big things in the postseason. So if you're playing well on the road, that's a good thing. Yeah, they're playing well. Uh, I guess it's kind of hard to talk about the Nationals right now because they're so far up yeah. in the division uh, I don't know what it is right now, and I'm vamping until I can pull it up. But it's kind of I'm not meaningless to talk about the results of the games, but the results of the games are still very, very good. Yeah, it, it's you know it's the old thing about like it's much easier to talk about a, a cover a sports team if they're bad than if they're good. Like how many times can you say how about that Bryce Harper? He's still real good. You know, like yeah, uh, the Nats are twelve games up. Yeah, I mean it's and they've been Atlanta. dominant. They've been totally dominant. And it's Atlanta. Yeah, right, right. The Mets are like, are they still in fourth? Uh, they are. No, they are in third. They've, Only they've moved thirteen and a half back. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, we've never really stuck to game by game stuff. Right. I mean, that's never on been this the point of this show, but um, so, but yeah, it should. I guess it should be mentioned. The Nationals are still playing very, very good baseball, despite having eighth string outfielder, yeah, in there and second string catcher in there more of the time than you want, and yeah, and a bad bullpen up until very recently, and and, and uh, still not a great bullpen, just like a, a better ro- one. <laughs> A rookie-ish playing shortstop. Right, right. Well, two separate ones. <laughs> yeah, like from from Turner to to uh, to Defoe. I mean, you, you got it's going with, and both of them doing admirably. And quite honestly, in some ways, Defoe doing better than Turner. <laughs> Defoe doing very very well. So uh, it's it's cool to see guys pick up that slack, and then it's also amazing to see all of the guys that are supposed to be playing well are playing well. Yes. Like it's that never, never, never happens. That power core of three through six is just murderer's row. Right. Yep. Totally. So yeah, that I mean, it's definitely important to note that outside of the three through six spots in the lineup and the nine hole, the Nats roster has been just a merry-go-round. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot to, to mention this. I meant to mention it earlier. Speaking of that three through six, um, you know how many people in the National League have a better uh, F war than Anthony Rendon? Uh, no one. Z- literally zero. He, yeah. He's the best player in the National League. Yes. He just yes, eclipses Bryce Harper. Not an all-star Anthony Rendon. Yeah. Right now in the American League, it's, it's Anthony Rendon uh, one, Bryce Harper is two, um, which is pretty spectacular in and of itself. Um, but then, you know, drops down a little bit to get to Daniel Murphy down at 16, you know. But uh, it's just been a an embarrassment of riches in that core. And then Ryan's every minute at 20 to- 29. So the, the Nats have four of the top 30 offensive players in Major League, in, in, in the National League right now. To say nothing of the starting pitching. Oh, ball. yeah, that's just offense. We're not even yeah. talking about the starting pitching yet. I right. Mean, that's... It's so pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, is it? You've got the same case in uh, in the uh, it, it, with pitching. Number one in the National League is obviously Max Scherzer. Two, Clayton Kershaw. Three, Steven Strasburg. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's about it's about as good as you can get um, with those kinds of with with all important categories. So yeah, you could put me in left field right now, and the Nationals would yes. still have a phenomenal offense. Yes. Wouldn't be quite as good, but you know what? It would still be a division-winning good. That's how good the team yep. is right now. Agreed. 
Yep. Um, anything else or questions? Questions. Let's do the thing. Let's um, do the thing. So we're going to, we got a lot of questions and at some point I just had to stop favoriting them because uh, I knew that we were going to be pushing up against a limit. So we'll get through as many as we can in the next uh, little bit. Uh, so we got North Carolina asking, and this is a perfect, I, when you started talking about it, it made me think of this question. What baseball podcasts do hashtag you people listen to other than the inimitable Nats talk on the go? Oh, uh, looking for cool. MLB wide overview type of thing. He is. Um, so that reminded me of what you were just talking about. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts as we've discussed. Uh, honestly, I don't really think I listen to any <laughs> that are general overview. Yeah, uh, but I mean, there's uh, what is uh, effectively wild, right? Effectively wild is super. Uh, nerdy is a good word. It's wonky. For it. Wonky is very is a better word. Yes, um, there's a lot of obscured things that are right. mentioned on that podcast, and it's they don't really discuss the news of the day. Right. What have you done? Any listening to uh, Sam Miller's Ringer podcast? Um, is it Sam Miller? No, he did, no, no, no. It's Ben Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Yeah, sorry, I got confused. Sam Miller's ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different from The Ringer. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely listen to that one. It's all. It's also very good. It's weekly. They've got great interviews on that one. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend it. But as for news of the day, um, I'm sure ESPN has something that's incredibly boring. Yeah. I know that that uh, Buster only had one for a little while. That he that for a while he had some interesting like uh, beat writer interviews, but that was the only good part of that show. Um, yeah, and then they got just like you know regurgitating talking points interviews, and it got really yeah. Boring, so I don't listen to it. Yeah, anymore. he blocked me on Twitter. So <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think those are the only two that I could really think of that are kind of ba- since Jonah Carey stopped. Uh, it's kind of really. Well, yeah, Jonah Carey's doing a different thing now. He's well, still got a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah. it's very good, but, you know, only one in every five guests is baseball-related. So. Yes, I listened to the Tara Lipinski episode today. Did you? Was it good? Yeah. It was very fascinating. He's a very good interviewer. Yeah. Um, I, I dig him. I, I only wish his sound equipment was better. <laughs> so, uh, Robert Hay Jr. says, you are Mike Rizzo. The learners only allow you to make one more trade. What position would you upgrade with your one trade? Uh, bullpen. He... So he focuses on position. So are you going to say relief? Can we let's can we make it not relief pitcher? Like, is there any other position you would upgrade? It's Twitter. They're only limited with what they can ask, so we can just interpret. Fair enough, because I don't think there's any other position that I would upgrade. We're the Supreme Court of this podcast. Dun, dun, dun. We uh, establish the law. I mean, it's it's not a political thing. You're saying this right. is how it's true. So I would say relief pitcher. Yeah, I, I it, that has to be the answer. Um, yeah. So uh, your reinforcement, Trey Turner's coming back uh, relatively soon. Uh, Jason Worth in left field coming back relatively soon. Yep. Uh, Goodwin has been fantastic. And you still hope that Taylor is going to come back. Yes. Um, and who was also fantastic uh, yeah, replacing. Exactly. So um, I don't think there's really anywhere on the field that you could upgrade. that would. I think Weeders has been hitting much better since the All-Star break. And Pitchers, the Nats pitchers rave about throwing to him. So With, without any statistical backing, it's what I've seen. Matt Weeders has been a different player in the second half. You're seeing him drive the ball yep. with authority to the gaps. Yep. So it's he's been good. So um, yeah, it's you, you don't need bench players because your bench players have gotten so much playing time. Uh, they're practically starters now. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely exactly. bullpen. You which can, is the, which is kind of in some ways the best case scenario because you got your bullpen guys a lot of action, so they're going to be a little bit fresher. Yeah, you um, got your bullpen guys. Uh, I'm sorry, your you, your bench guys. Yeah, you want to get uh, uh, the best arms you can, and right. then you have your three starters, and then you fill in the rest with uh, top high leverage relievers and specialists. Yeah, and that's how you do your playoff roster. Yep, agreed. So definitely the best reliever you can get without mortgaging the future or the farm. Yep, agreed. A uh, couple from Steve, Nats in New York. The new guys, am I right? You are right. We already covered that one. And then uh, top five favorite desserts. Let's just do your favorite dessert. My favorite one dessert? Pick a dessert or two. I'm modifying okay. the question. Um, I'll list a couple because... Do it. Why not? Uh, number one... Uh, no question, apple pie, vanilla ice cream. You, you, you do enjoy the pie. I love pie so much. 
Um, I guess number two would be just pie. <laughs> um, three, uh, I love a key lime bar or a lemon bar. That's basically pie. I, I know. <laughs> uh, I love a white chocolate macadamia nut cookie. Ooh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Subway, it's the only thing you should eat from Subway. Yes, that is a very good cookie. Um, let's see. What are those? Brownies are delicious. I love Funfetti cake. Um, I love a good ice cream sandwich. Um, <laughs> the the ones with cookies are really good. Those are ice good. Ice cream cookie sandwiches, those especially when the ice cream has the little chocolate chips around it. Yeah, that's um, a, I'm a fan too. I like a... I like a decent ice pop every now and then as well. That's like a, one of the ones in a tube. That's a good Those summary. Good summary option. They're nice. I'm, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna round out the category before Craig just spends <laughs> the next half hour talking about <laughs> desserts. <laughs> I can it. do it all night long. I'm obsessed with Rice Krispies treats. Yeah, you know what? Some people have been talking about. I have not had a Rice Krispie treat in a minute. Your mom used to make amazing Rice Krispies. Treats. She's. I'm sure she still has the ability. Well, I'm sure she still does. I'm just saying that you know. I haven't had one in 20 years. Uh, Patty wants to know, uh, should the Nats trade for a starter, who would your, be your top three starter targets, and what, would, who, what will it take in prospects for the trade? So we kind of covered part of that already. But, um, I mean, I think there are enough starter targets that it wouldn't end up being a guy like Verlander. I think it's, you know, you, it would end up being a, a, a second or third starter with Tampa Bay uh, situation. Or, or the Royals or whoever that's kind of low and out of it. Um, and I don't think it would be anything or would take any of the top three prospects. I just don't, I couldn't imagine a way. That would be silly. Yeah, I couldn't imagine As we a discussed, way. I don't even know the starting pitching pros- or uh, trade baits out there right now, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't either, outside of the, you know, that, the Verlander talk, right? But that's right, right, really right. all I've heard. And, and apparently you, Darvish, might go to the Dodgers, but the, he's not coming here. So no. Because of the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's pretty much it, it for that one. Uh, Jay Wright says, we're not done shopping yet, right? Uh, no, we. Uh, Craig doesn't think so. I think we might be done for the big guys, but uh, Craig disagrees. Yes, I do. Um, uh, Beth wants to know, when did the number two hitter become the most important guy on the team? Um, wow, that is a... Most important guy on the team. So I, I'm I'm being totally candid here. Can't tell if sarcasm. Um, yeah. So like I know a lot of people have been upset about lineup construction recently with Defoe and Rayburn in that second spot. So yeah. I have a little bit of a can't tell if sarcasm or not. So I'm going to answer as if not sarcasm because the number two guy is really important and totally underrated. I think the number one guy is the most important because that's who's going to get the most at bats. Bingo. And that's why the number two guy is so important because they actually get more at bats than the three, four, and five hitters. So um, it's just statistically over the course of a season. And so back in uh, a couple years ago when Anthony Rendon was hitting second regularly, um, he was a, one of the best number, number two hitters in Major League Baseball. I mean, it was insanely good. If you have a good second hitter, it's, it, it changes the, the dynamic of a team because, again, they get more at bats. So when it was Turner and Eaton, it was like, are you kidding me with that? <laughs> you know, Do just, you remember when Anthony Rendon had the worst start to the season? Yes, and now he's the best player in the National League. Yeah. Ridiculous. He does that a lot of years. He, was it last year or two years ago he did the same thing? I think it was last year. He had like a terrible month and a half and then was gangbusters for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, gangbusters. Gangbusters. Fang ask, asks a question that is good, but oh, Fang, you should take these questions and just save them all for the offseason because they're good questions. We uh, should have like the Fang episode. We should have the Fang episode. We actually and- do actually need to do that. Um, he, yeah, just all of your questions like this. Yeah. Just put them in a Word doc. I like it. A this Google is, doc. This one is more topical for the time, but we don't have to have time to do it. But he want, he said, please categorize all 30 teams at the deadline, buyer, sellers, or neither. If um, you are within five games of your division and trending upwards, you are a buyer. If you are not, you are a seller. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and that certainly would I be. I mean, look at the Cubs. Yep. Like that's like a weird situation, right? They're they've got the money and coming off the World Series, so they went for Quintana, but it's like they're not having the best year. 
they're second place, and I think they might be a game back or tied for the lead. Did now. they come back up? Yeah, I hadn't been paying were, attention. Let's see. Yeah, they're half a game back right now. Good for them. So look at the Cubs. It can happen. You can get hot. Totally. So. So you didn't even know it happened. Yep. Uh, Jerry Reese uh, has a couple of questions. Should should they will they acquire closer other relief pitcher and then uh, he says that he believes that uh, yes they will require acquire another closer but do you think they're going to go for a a closer or just more depth? I think they're going to go for the best relief pitcher they can get without spending a lot. Yeah, I I think it's going to be I mean, more I don't depth think... guys than 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 guys who are ninth inning guys but you might get an, an eighth inning guy in there. I mean, I don't think the the label really matters that much. Yep, um, agreed. So I think they're going to get the best player by their evaluation. Unless you're, unless you're Blake Trinan, then the label matters yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to get the best player they can get uh, and make the best deal they can for the best reliever they can you know make that deal for. So whether that's a closer or an eighth inning guy or even. Uh, the Andrew Miller firewagon kind of guy. Right, right, which I would think, be awesome. Yeah, they're just going to make the best deal they can. Yep. For the best possible reliever. One more for from Jerry Reese. Uh, and he wants to know when the Hurt guys will actually return. So make a prediction on a, on a couple of, uh, of returns. And I'll make a prediction on a couple that you didn't predict. Okay, um... I'm predicting returning when people are returning from injury. Yeah, just like pick a couple guy, random guys. Since I, there are, I think, I think Adam Eaton will return next year. Yep. Um, I think Joe Ross will return next year. You do think he'll come back next year? Yeah, I think he'll you know get the late season. Yeah. Um, coming up. Yeah, I think it's likely. Even if it's like out of the bullpen, I think it's likely we see. Uh, him I think Jason Worth is. 19 days away. Wow. That's precise. Um, I think Trey Turner is 15 days away. Wow. That's soon. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think worth two weeks. That, so that was my guess on worth. I think uh, Turner is uh, a, a, another, another good month um, because we can't have too many nice things. Um and I think that Strasburg is uh, is going to hit the ten day. But oh yeah, but just for the ten day, and yeah. just to give him a little just, rest. Uh, the the mythical yeah the uh, DL stint exactly the the it's hot and I'm tired DL stint. Yep, um, we need you fresh for October. Yeah, misses two starts, yeah. comes back. I think I think yeah. that that happens. Um, a couple of questions, and by couple I mean a bunch of questions from Guzman, so we might not be able to get through all of them uh, because we're we're running low on the time. Uh, obviously, uh, obligatory. What are you drinking? Uh, I am excited about what I'm drinking. Um, I am drinking a beer from Spencer. Uh, what is it? Spencer Trappist Brewery, uh, uh, Saint Joseph's Abbey in Spencer, Massachusetts. Ooh. It is. Spencer Trappist Ale. Very good. It's tasty. It, it, is, it was very, very good. Nice. I drank it quicker than I wanted to because it was so good. Right. Um, uh, it says on the front, in a, this is a beautiful label, by the way. Uh, it says, pair with family and friends. So I thought it would be perfect for Nat's Talk on the Go. That is adorable. Yep. Y- you are adorable. Uh, I'm enjoying a Hotback Amber Ale from Trogues Brewing Company. Uh, because I just got back from Harrisburg, so I'm having a Pennsylvania Harrisburg beer. That's what I'm having. That's that's great. I love I love some Trogues. I do too. They have they have many beautiful new beers. packaging too. Yeah, I like the packaging on the Amber Ale and a bunch of other stuff. They you know it was everywhere when I was in Harrisburg, so I had a had a few. They were good. That is very nice. I'm a fan. Of the ten teams slotted for the playoffs right now, so he's he's Milwaukee saying, will not be there. D- d- okay. Uh, who will and won't make it? So you're saying uh, of of DC, Milwaukee, Dodgers, Rockies, Arizona, Boston, Cleveland, Houston, Yankees, and Rays. Who will not be there? Arizona will not be there. And actually, no, Arizona will be there. Yeah, I was going to say that's a bonus. no one else. Um, and Milwaukee won't be there. The Cubs will be there. So yeah, I say the that Milwaukee won't be there. The Rays won't be there. 
I'd like for the Rays to be I'd there. I'd like for the Rays to be there, but they're not, they ain't going to be. Yeah. They are, they are not going to be there. Um, hmm, what's the next thing that we have going here? Uh, Beth wants to know, uh, Beth Rich wants to know, favorite 2005 Nat. Oh my goodness, 2005 Nat. Go all the way back. I mean, favorite, everyone's favorite is Levo. Yeah, I mean, Levo's a good one, but uh, Chad Cordero, too. I mean, Chad was, Cordero was another one the I was chief, The chief was the man, man. Um, Jerry Reese asked about Edwin Jackson, which we already talked about uh, quite a bit. Um, if you could bring, I like this one from, from Beth Rich as well. If you could bring back any early years Nat to play today, who would it be? This was a very interesting question, and I interpreted it. I didn't know how to interpret it, so I wanted to ask you Yeah. Uh, before we did it. I thought about are, this. Are we bringing back the player now? No. We're, that, that player or gets that transported to now. Okay. That's, that was my question. Yep. Uh, and it's Alfonso Soria. Yeah, only answer. No one else. <laughs> no one else is relevant to that question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, forty forty. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two thousand six Alfonso Soriano. I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And because I was like, if it's if it's like we have to bring him along now, it'd probably be like I don't know Adam Dunn because he'd still come off the bench and dude, hit forty no, home runs. Levo. Yeah. It's, it's still still Levo. Yeah, because he can still throw, I'm sure. He can still throw 83, which is what he was throwing five years ago. Yep. Uh, uh, so I'm going to ask two more from Guzman because he has six more. So I'm going to ask two more, and then we're going to wrap up. If you um, ask that one question, I swear to God, Joe. Which one? Okay, just go. Okay. Um, we already asked the starter one, so... Oh, I know which one you're talking about. No, I'm not going to waste it. Uh, favorite grocery store, there's only one answer, but... It's Wegmans. Yes, yeah, it's definitely Wegmans. Um, and then I, re- I really like this one. Uh, actually, we'll do two more from Guzman. They're nuts. <laughs> the, one is sports-related, one is not, and I like it. Uh, have one current, one past national on as a guest and only ask one question. Who and what is your question? Okay, can you read it one more time, please? Yes, you could have one current... And one past national on as a guest, and you could only ask one question: Who? And what is your question? Okay, I think we have the same past one, so I'm going to let you take it. No, Logan, I care. Yep. <laughs> where where were where, you going? Where are you going? What were you thinking? I knew we were going to have the same one, and I wanted you to have it. I wanted I appreciate you to have it. it. You are so welcome. Oh, well, so who's your current? <laughs> who's my current? Um, uh. And you could ask him one question? One question. Um, oh, boy. Uh, Jason Worth, how was jail? Tell me, more, <laughs> Tell me, like, how was jail? That's good. That's good. I like that. As a famous person, how was jail? Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, and then last from, from <sighs> Guzman. <laughs> it, it, still, I still am laughing. Oh, uh, where so were good. you going? It's the only answer. <laughs> The only one. Oh my god! If, if you oh. went on Jeopardy, which non-sport sports category would you would you slay, and which one would you avoid? Uh, I would slay West Wing trivia. Yeah, right. What is West Wing trivia? Right. And what would you avoid? Uh, I would avoid um, reality TV. Oh, that's what is reality TV? Um. Yeah, I would say uh, I would do well with with uh, certain categories of television trivia too. That that would be uh, what I would say. Uh, and then come on, son, come on, son. And then uh, what would I avoid? I, I, admittedly, I'm not proud of this, but arts related categories not not gonna, not going to do the best with the. Uh, you with, don't want early impressionism. Yeah, no. I, unfortunately, it's a it's a gaping hole in my uh, brain repertoire. So I'm, I'm no not ashamed to admit. No questions it. for Joe. Nope, nope. Willing to admit it. Willing to admit it. Gaping. Uh, gaping. Uh, so uh, I think that's it. Uh, I know there are more questions, but we're already uh, already well to an hour. So I think we should probably uh, decide to wrap this one up, Craig. Let's wrap it up. Uh, cool. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Nat's Talk on the Go, and uh, we will talk to you all next time. You're going down.
listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at Nats Talk on the Go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!